Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Anne hasn't been the same since the jump. While skydiving for her best friend Sarah's bachelorette party, the 27-year-old felt focused free and above it all. Back on the ground, the pressures of Anna's daily life threatened to overwhelm her. Her co-workers at the daycare center are constantly questioning the way she connects with the children. At Sarah's wedding, she meets a nice guy, Matt, but she can't help bringing him into her ever more awkward social situations. Anne at 13,000 feet chronicles the stressful circumstances that continue to mount as Anne prepares for another jump. Just a terrific film, a really wonderful independent narrative film. And we are fortunate to have with us today the writer and the director of the film, and that would be Kajik Radwinski, as well as the lead actor, Dara Campbell. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks. First of all, this is such an interesting character study, uh, the study of Anne. In addition to that very personal, very intimate story, the telling of the story, the actual look of the film and the way you went about unfolding this particular saga is just beautiful. And Kajik, I'll start with you in terms of uh, just where the story came from. I know that, Dara, you were also part of the writing, but where's the origin story for this come from? Yeah, a bunch of places. I think I think my story stories always come from my life or experiences. Definitely a very introspective person I think and I think a lot of what I'm thinking about when I make films is, is sort of things like that with my, with my previous films my first two features I'd have almost these like it almost be like pain, painfully introspective almost a little bit too personal and there was a great process of working with like a non-actor and then filtering all these sort of ideas through a persona and sort of rethinking the film based on like a non-actor performance, how that person actually spoke and, and sort of readjusting it. Uh, but it was quite different with this film because I was working with Dara and it's the first time I've worked with an actor like Dara. So a lot of it was, you know, a collaboration in some ways between Dara and I. I certainly wrote a script and gave it to Dara. And uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of the scripts in the film, especially, you know, the conflicts or sort of situations in the film. Dara and I, we, we talked about the character for a while and it took us, a while to find a footing. I think we had to sort of learn a little bit from the character and sort of experience things with her to sort of really understand the right way into the film and into to under understanding or, or or conceptualizing the character. Yeah. Well, Dara, in the process of sort of building this character, which uh, in in some ways, as as he was just describing, seems very kind of um, almost improvisational. It seems very organic. What were you, what was your thoughts what, when you were, as you were approaching this particular role? What was going through your mind? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to put myself completely back in the situation of shooting, um, especially since it was over such a long period of time. And I worry that sometimes the way that I talk about her is a little bit in retrospect. But I do remember that when I started feeling that I had a little bit of a handle on her was when I kind of defined for myself or kind of Kaz and I defined together that her sort of drive is to be close to people and that if 
you or I that might be a bit more sensitive to other people's comfort levels, see that a person doesn't want to be close to you, we kind of, you know, back off or adjust or, you know, give people space. Whereas Anne, you know, the main thing with Anne is that she just keeps trying, you know, she never kind of backs down or plays it cool. She just kind of keeps trying to be close to people. And, and I think having that as a way to kind of keep moving through the scenes, um, yeah, I think became sort of like a narrative driving force yeah. as well. Well, her interactions with people is so raw and sort of unfiltered. And she also seems to gravitate to kind of the worst interpretation of each of these interactions. She seems to <laughs> want to kind of go to a place where intended or not, she interprets those those interactions in a way that puts her on this kind of aggressive sort of defensively aggressive point mm -hmm. of view. I don't, it's hard to, I mean, she's just an interesting character and I spent so much of the film, in fact, the entire film really trying to find that sort of key, the key moment, the key incident. And there's a lot to be talked about in that. I don't want to give too much away, but there was just, there was something about her character that was endlessly fascinating as to exactly why she was so, in my opinion, raw, so, so, so vulnerable. Um, and uh, your ability to be, be able to kind of walk a very fine line here uh, was, was really quite remarkable and, and quite an achievement in my opinion. So I just wanted to say that because I just, I found myself just endlessly drawn to her. I think, I think what you just said there, I think is, is, is really nicely, nicely articulated or put. And I think in a way it's sort of how we're, interacting with Anne is that, you know, trying to find something that we find endlessly fascinating or something just slightly out of our grasp that yeah. is sort of, um, you know, that even Darrow is sort of trying to articulate, you know, what this sort of push and pull and this sort of fine line. But I think, you know, yeah, we, we, we worked on this film for two years. So it's trying to find that, that spark that, that won't go out this, this character we're, we're grappling with. Um, so yeah, that sort of in between space, of uh, how to empathize with someone or how to understand someone or how, what, what is under the surface of this interaction um, is really, yeah, I think what was a big part of motivating us uh, and what we were. Well, that, yeah, that vulnerability attracts, attracted me, but at the same time, as you just said, it's hard to find the way in to exactly what is, what is burning her up inside. And uh, so again, this is, it's a, it's a very delicate dance that you you have with the characters and as as does Anne with the different people we meet over the course of the film um, in your writing of the of the character and 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 it sounds like Anne, I'm sorry Dara I'm sorry and Dara you contributed some writing you get credit for uh, with writing some of this what part of this was your input into the to the writing um I, I think mainly just that, I mean, the situations were all, I mean, Kaz wrote a screenplay and all the situations were composed by him. I think it's just about like the approach to the scenes that, you know, you strive to make the scene that's written happen. And if it's not completely working, like you make adjustments and, and Kaz is very good at 
at following new leads um, and new points of interest. And so naturally things would become improvised from there. So I think it's a writing credit, I guess, for improvisation and then probably just for input on, on the character. Yeah, it's it's hard to summarize. Um, but yeah, like just the number of conversations Dara had, sometimes very specific about, you know, how, how she might talk. And then other times, yeah, broader uh, things or just the research that we did together, just sort of shaping this character. It's sort of hard to pin down mm. in sort of practical terms. But yeah, no, clearly, yeah, like it, Dara's uh, contribution to it was just so huge, uh, just sort of how this person existed in the world. And uh, yeah. I want to let our listeners know that the film Anne at 13,000 Feet is being released uh, through, the, through the Cinema Guild, and it's coming out here um, in, the, uh, in the United States and on September 10th. So I want people to be certain to be checking um, for this. I don't know how much of a theatrical run, but what, what's your theatrical run here? Um, L.A. next, and then I think I just heard Chicago. Uh, but yeah, I think about 10 or 12 cities. Okay, well, LA based, that's where basically I am. So that's great. So probably Lemley. Yeah, Lemley Royal. Royal, that's what I thought I saw. Fantastic. Well, uh, you just mentioned uh, that over this took place over the course of two years in making this. Was this sort of a conscious decision on your part? Was this an artistic sort of, or was there money involved in terms of raising? How how did that happen over for a two year period to make the film? A bit of everything. But I think when it comes down to it, you know, um, it was the right way. The only way we could have made this film. I think, you know, it wasn't necessarily preconceived that we would make it this way. But my first two features were a similar (laughs) duration, that it's something I'd like. And it's funny that it comes from a very, initially a very practical place of uh, how I worked, especially when I was first making my first shorts or my first features that, you know, we we shot when places were available because we had limited funds and worked around people's jobs. But... I would say now it's it's something I'm afraid to lose that freedom of having that much time uh, with a film, and uh, it's a real asset uh, to, for me, especially. I think it's just how my brain works of, of sort of shooting something. I love the feeling of shooting something and thinking about it for a while, and then going back and shooting something else to complement that. I think you know I've always been a digital filmmaker, and then that's always been sort of a possibility of this of being able to go back and do pickups, and that's true about you know, locations, but I think it's also why I love working with, with Dara and then, yeah, someone else like Matt, who's, who's also equally invested and, and wants to keep having these conversations with me about the film and to, uh, to, keep, uh, to keep shooting. So it might not have necessarily been uh, the forefront of my mind when we started this film, but I think the next film, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> inclined, inclined to think it might be a similar sort of shoot. In terms of the character development or the storyline itself, that, that length of time that you worked on this, what benefited most from that? For me, it's this feeling of, and I felt, I remember always feeling like uh, that with earlier films, like it's a shame to stop working with someone once you've really figured it out, if that makes sense. Like once you sort of figure out how someone talks and someone how, how someone exists on camera and their sort of persona, uh, you get to this point where you can can collaborate with them without without saying much and the characters sort of living. And I love that feeling. So I think if I was to sort of summarize it, it's that being able to sort of live with something and create in this is this sort of sweet spot of filmmaking that I really love. Did you edit some of it before you went back? 
that's the other yeah. part of it too is you know i i've worked with the same editor on all my films uh isla mm. obadasic and um she's she's incredible and um yeah that's a huge part of it too is watching the footage watching it back watching the dailies and then it, sometimes assembling it um at, in between shoots and, and well, then living with it right then you live with it yeah. for a little bit absolutely yeah, yeah. For you, Dara, in terms of the the gap, whatever that might have been, how many weeks or months it was, coming back to the role, did you have? Did you feel like you had a chance to sort of more completely inhabit the character? What did it bring to you as an actor? Yeah, I think that amount of time uh, brings a lot. I think it it actually uh, takes quite a long time to stop judging yourself and and stop. Um, yeah, to kind of not be thinking about your own life, um, but to really um, feel like you are just responding as the character. I think that is a real pleasure, but actually takes a really long time to get to. I think we're all like pretty self-conscious in our day-to-day life, and it takes quite a bit of effort to shed that. I'd like to be able to shed it a bit more quickly, but... Well, that, that was my next question is, this character... And I want to make sure I'm being fair when I say it this way. Her life is a mess. I mean, she is struggling just, it seems, just to keep her head above water. Does mm-hmm. that impact you moving, you know, outside you, per, your performance of this? You're a trained professional. I don't mean to imply that you, you know, you mm-hmm. fall apart during every role that you're a part of. But I mean, is there is there something about carrying this character around with you over an extended period of time? that's had, what is that? How is that for you to do? Oddly, I, I don't find it very difficult. I think maybe it's a little bit the fact that most people in my, in my family are actors I mean, mm-hmm. they're actually theater actors, like my, my father, my grandfather. Um, and so the idea of like moving between your own life and a kind of fictional life is, uh, something that is uh, makes sense to me is not um, doesn't doesn't feel doesn't feel strange at all and it really um, if anything like what what I enjoy the most about making movies is that you you get to kind of have these experiences that you wouldn't have otherwise like you're kind of put in these situations that you wouldn't uh, be in otherwise that um, that I think kind of like while you are in a fictional situation it does actually really enrich your own life as well um, and I I think what's nice actually just maybe backtracking a little bit to something you were saying about um, just how you how you felt about Anne and the interest that you had in her is I think that what is is so sweet is that that's kind of the reaction that Anne wants to have from people like she really wants to be liked and really wants to be cared about but so often the way that she acts aggressively is that she feels like very misunderstood like she feels she's very sensitive and feels very quickly that people um are are misjudging her right. her motivations <laughs> right, right. Exactly. um so so for someone to s- see the best in her and be sympathetic toward her um 
uh, I, I find quite moving. <laughs> it's like her getting what she wanted. Well, well, she's a she's a benign person. There's, I don't think there. I don't think she means ill will. She doesn't. She's not looking for a way to get over on people. She seems again. She seems extremely vulnerable, and mm-hmm. so you want you know you root for someone who is is in her situation. And again, it's it's nebulous enough to where you can kind of project a whole lot of things into that space as you're watching her life. And again, it's a testament really to your acting in the film, your performance, as well as the way that the story is told. Kajik, the way that you are able to use this very close-up approach to telling the story, the cinematography, you're right in the middle of these the, you know, the classroom, you're in the middle of her family um, parties, everything is, you're right there. And again, this immediacy is just wonderful, wonderfully done. And I don't know what else to say. I don't know if I have a question, except just to compliment you on your ability to kind of get inside of this. I know people will say it's a very Cassavetti looking kind of approach. And I love that approach, by the way, I just happen to be a big fan of it, but I love the way it puts us inside of these particular stories and these people. Yeah, it's a feeling that I like hard to totally capture it, but it's like this feeling of being very close to something that's mysterious. Or that's something I always loved about Cassavetti's films is that you would just find yourself in certain situations, especially like the openings of his films, like the opening of Faces, and you won't exactly know who each person is or what the situation is, but you'll just be sort of thrown into this thing where you have to, you, you, it forces you to empathize with people in sort of different, different ways. So with Anne, I love the feeling of, of being so close to her and there's that inherent empathy, but I also like that it's a little alienating, a little confusing. Yeah. And, we, and we're, we're constantly readjusting or trying to, you know, that we're a little uncomfortable as well as the audience. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. we're, uh, that we don't have too privileged a position and everything is spelled out that we're, 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 so, we're, we're finding our way through uh, what's going on and it's not, you know, an easy diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. And I think it also forces you as, as someone watching the film forces is too strong a word, but it puts you in, in the position of you need to know more. And this is the thing that will kind of pull you along in this film. I will, I need to know what is happening here. Why is it happening? And are, you know, as these characters begin to um, reveal themselves to us, it becomes clearer, but it's never quite completely crystal clear. And I think that's the other part of the film that's so appealing to me. I like, I like messy. I like not having everything tied up in a bow for me as a, as a, as someone who loves cinema, I'm completely fine with, with not understanding everything I just watched. And I, and, and I, because it's, I just think it's a great experience it takes us out of our own lives in a way. So really, thank you so much for this film. I, I really hope the best. I hope this is a, you know, is all that you hope for in terms of bringing attention to your, to both of your careers in terms of how people react to it in the theaters and in whatever platform they see it on. The film is called Anne at 13,000 Feet. And we've been talking to the director, Kajik Radvinsky, as well as Dara Campbell for your wonderful work here. So I want to thank both of you for being here today. Oh, no, thank you. This is a really nice interview. Thanks. Thank you very much for your thoughtful words. We really appreciate it.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.